It um, it's funny because I have like a bias to it just because like stop motion for some reason kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies. Even Rudolph, like it kind of freaks me out. Like I have to be in like a certain mind frame to watch Rudolph. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just like, no, I can't. Um, but like I do recognize like how much time is put into it. And how, like, beautiful it can be mm-hmm. um, at some times. I have such an appreciation for it. Because the way that these these objects and characters are moving, it's it just has such a, a different... You're receiving it in, like, a completely different way. Like... Testing, testing, one, two, three. Welcome back to Spill and Diz Tea. I'm Sakura. And I'm Brayden. And today we're talking The, the Nightmare, Nightmare Before, Before Christmas. Christmas. Yes, another spooky episode coming your way. I'm probably going to upload this on Halloween because the month is ticking down and there's just not that many days left. Hey, so. This is a good Halloween episode. It though. is. It's a really good episode to come out on Halloween. The Nightmare Before Christmas. What an iconic yeah. franchise. As you said Something. before, it's the poster child for Hot Topic. Yes, it is. Honestly, what is Hot Topic without The Nightmare Before Christmas? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> That's the answer. Nothing. Jack and Sally own Hot Topic. I know. So hey everyone, welcome back to Spill and Dis Tea. This is the podcast where we sip and spill on all things Disney. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome, grab yourself a cup of tea, and get ready to dive in with us to the world of Disney. Yes, sirree. So, Brayden, what are you sipping on today or tonight? I'm sipping on some peppermint tea. I thought it kind of went with the theme. <gasps> Me too. Oh Wait, the theme? You know, Nightmare Before Christmas, peppermint, candy cane. But, okay, but peppermint is Christmas, not Halloween. Yeah, the Nightmare Before Christmas. I know that, <laughs> but it's a Halloween movie. I know, but Christmas is still a part of the story. Mm. That's like 50% of the movie. I don't think you can say that's on... Br- that's not 50% okay, of the movie. Okay, it's a stretch. I'll admit, it's a stretch. But the connection is there. Okay, I understand your thinking, although I have to say it was flawed. I mean, I didn't choose... I, it was kind of an afterthought because I really only have peppermint... And then I have matcha, <laughs> and I have chamomile, and I was like, yeah, peppermint. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I have Slim more. Pickens. I have more tea. I just have, I decided to do peppermint today. I almost always decide to just drink peppermint. There's nothing else I'm, there's nothing more I need, honestly. What's going on this week? What's the biggest thing that Disney has had to offer us? Oh. M, goodness, so much. Ryan the Last Dragon trailer, uh, poster. Uh, I'm on cloud nine. Yeah, guys, um, as we all know, Brayden has been waiting so long for this. So very, very long. So long that he was giving out false information. <laughs> so long that he was just going crazy in quarantine, praying to the Disney gods that one day Raya and the Last Dragon, that trailer would drop. And finally, it has come out. Brayden, what are your initial impressions? I loved it. I just thought the trailer was great. Like for a teaser, I was worried because Disney has a tendency to... I mean, it's a teaser, so obviously they're going to tease you and not give you that much. 
but Disney has a past of giving us poor teasers. And, you know, one example is the Olaf and Sven teaser. I remember being so excited for Frozen and the teaser was coming. I'm like, yes, I'm going to see these princesses on and Elsa. And it was just Olaf and Sven the whole time. <laughs> um, so I was worried that was going to happen here, but not. Nah, it delivered. And I just think it looks really cool. The music was great. The animation looks incredible. I cannot wait to see it. She looks awesome like she's yeah. like a character i look at and i like feel like i'm a little kid again because i'm like she's so cool i know it's funny like when i first saw her because you know we have this vision of her based off of the first posters that they did release in the first prints of her character design and i first saw her and i was like that's raya because you know she had you know a different outfit different hairstyle and then it wasn't until later on i realized oh that's like baby raya. well not baby but like younger raya mm -hmm. you know and that was really cool to see and then and then when she finally comes out at the end like she's just so beautiful yeah she's a warrior yeah she's a warrior and she's a princess so she's like everything yeah well she's a chief's daughter but this is the first princess to really like right off the bat she's just like a badass like yeah. she knows how to fight she's trained her entire life we've seen disney princesses in the past go through trials and tribulations to like you know learn to fight and train for whatever and just do whatever it is to get them through their plot but like she already has all those skills so we don't even have to worry about you know her going through stupid mistakes like we get to just go in action right off the bat we're gonna yeah. get action in this movie yeah hundred percent yeah and the in the trailer it's so cool with it's very like indiana jonesy with like all the traps yeah. she sets and then it, it just looks so cool when she's like the way she rides tuk tuk yeah. Like, I didn't even think that was, like, how it was going to go. But literally, he, like, rolls. Yeah. Um, it's already, like, there's already so much cool stuff. And this is just the teaser. Mm -hmm. And then that little end, like, at the end, where, like, the, you know, in theaters, 2021 title card pops up. Yeah. And then you see the silhouette of Sisu. Just looks amazing. So cool. I know. I don't, I guess it was good. I was kind of, I thought we were going to see a little more of a hint of Sisu. But, you know, I guess not. Can't be wishing too high. Yeah, they gotta keep us intrigued about the last dragon. You yeah, know? which again makes me wonder. You know, if they're really trying to keep the concept of the last dragon like more in the dark and more of like a secretive thing, why was Aquafina the first character <laughs> that they announced? Like, we know there's gonna be a dragon. Yeah, not I think, only I that, think we just... also kind of know what her design is gonna look like. Yeah, well, yeah, we know what she looks like for sure. And I think they did that probably, like, I think she's going to be a character, like, the deuteragonist of the film. Because we also, ha like, we, we, we can't forget, we're also going to be seeing her human as well. Yeah. So I think they might be keeping her, maybe her transformation a secret. Yeah, like, who is going to end up being the last dragon type thing? No, I think just, like, her, I think, it, it, like, when she transforms into her dragon self, it's going to be, like, a big moment in the movie. So I think yeah. they're going to keep that part maybe hidden a little bit. Okay. Um, I really don't know. Or it will just be... Because it's, it's giving me very much, like, Maui and Moana vibes. You know, it's, like, this, like, mystic demigod. And there's all these, like... They'll be kind of shrouded in mystery. And then when you see him, it's just, like, a, you know, fun yeah. comedic... I don't know. Yeah. Either way, I'm here for it. And I'm super excited. I know. I'm I'm ready for, for more content. It, uh, a little bit of a letdown that it's not going to be a musical, just, just because I want some more Disney music, you know? 
Yeah, they might pop a song in their last minute, you know? <laughs> I'm thinking it's going to be like like a Tarzan flex. <laughs> where like there will be music, but it's just not going to be the main character singing. Or kind of like, I guess the better comparison would be Brave. Yeah, I mean, it could be, but then I can also see Disney, like, I'm biased, and I love music and Disney <laughs> princess movies, but I can also see Disney going the route of trying to go completely, well, not completely serious as a Disney movie, but trying to go, like, kind of more um, the route of, like, an action film, yeah. like, in the vein of Indiana Jones, like, Tomb Raider-esque type of thing. As opposed to, like, a musical film, you know? That would be interesting because it is breaking their traditional mold. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think could be cool. And, like, yeah, it would suck if she doesn't sing. But at the same time, it would be cool to finally see a Disney princess. Meredith doesn't count. I'm sorry. (laughs) But to finally see, like, a Disney Disney princess, like, that they're marketing as a Disney princess. And that they're pushing to actually be in this lineup and not sing at all. And if they do it right, we won't miss the music is what I think. That's kind of my thought process behind it. Yeah. Because I think if you make a good movie, because like I love movies that aren't musicals. Like some of my favorite movies aren't musicals. Yeah. Most of them are, but some of them aren't. (laughs) So if you do, if you tell a good story, then I won't miss it, you know? Yeah. And it's like, just because there's been a long time since we've gotten a musical, that's kind of where my like urge for music comes from but like i'm a hundred percent okay with raya not being a musical well especially if because we had frozen two last year and then we'll have encanto is what they're they're like they're projecting it to be released in november um because disney animation has that release uh that release slot so i mean it would make sense because two musicals in the same year like two disney princess yeah but but when they were producing this they were expecting it to come out this year true that is true okay well can't wait to see what more raya stuff we got same expect us to have all the latest scoops we'll try (laughs) okay into our steep of the day um so because we are talking about the nightmare before christmas it is a property of Touchstone Pictures, and we thought it'd be kind of cool to dive in on Touchstone Pictures and kind of look at another another studio that Disney owns that, you know, I don't think people really associate with Disney at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Nightmare Before Christmas, it was originally going to be released under the Disney banner. So the same way that films like Lion King and Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin were branded at the time. But Disney executives thought that Nightmare Before Christmas would be too scary for younger children. So they decided to release it through Touchstone Pictures. So Touchstone Pictures is basically Disney's like adult vertical in terms of film. Um, so it's anything that they felt like was maybe a little bit too risque or inappropriate to release under the Disney banner. So they released it under the Touchstone Pictures banner. So it's still a Disney-owned film, but it's not being branded as Disney. So it's basically the same way that you have Marvel films being released right now, and they're under the Disney umbrella, but they're not branded as Disney in the marketing. It's just now it's it's like it's publicly known that disney owns marvel yeah disney owns star wars and like they make a deal about it with theme parks and stuff like that anyway 
is really interesting because what ended up happening is Nightmare Before Christmas became a very big hit for Disney. So it's like now they claim it. They're like, oh, yeah, it's us. It's us. It's us. <laughs> um, but had it been released by Disney, branded as Disney, it would have been like released right after Aladdin and then before Lion King. So I always think that's interesting. Like if, well, 1993 was a really good year for Disney Halloween movies because they had this and Hocus Pocus that year. Oh, Hocus Pocus came out in 93. Yeah. So they haven't put out anything in a very long time. Yes. Some other some other movies that they produce would be like Sister Act, Pretty Woman, um, The Proposal, The Proposal, Romeo and Juliet, No, <laughs> Who Framed Roger Rabbit. The list goes on. Um, and yeah, it's like when you, you look at these like list of movies, like they do not at all seem associated with the Disney brand. I think it's interesting seeing that they put out things from the scale of Nomeo and Juliet to Pretty Woman. Yeah. Like, that it's is vast. It's almost like things that Disney's like, okay, like, this could be successful, so, like, we'll dip our toe in it, but, like, we're not going all in. Yeah. Like, I think of, like, Strange Magic, which was, I think, distributed under DreamWorks or something to that effect, and Disney was like, yeah, like, you know, this yeah. isn't good enough for our, you know, supreme animated content but we'll we'll put it over here they also produced golden girls mm-hmm. oh my gosh desperate housewives Grey's anatomy oh touchstone television was then renamed to be abc studios that makes disney owns the world <laughs> yeah that's just what it is at the end of the day do you think that they could bring back touchstone um, and like produce content like that for this time period i guess no, and I say that because I think they spent so much money on Fox that Fox is going to become They're their... Like, yeah. Yeah. That's going to be like their adult vertical because I've heard the rumors that they're supposed to be getting an adult section on Disney+. Plus and like you'll put in a pin and stuff to access it for things like Deadpool and whatever. So I can definitely see Disney turning Fox into that more like adult yeah. angle. Because then they have films like Alien and, and things like that that they can... Yeah. But yeah, I can definitely see, like, I can see more, like, a 20th Century Fox. You know how they have, like, you know, Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar, Disney, yeah. Nat Geo, and then they have 20th Fox. Century Fox. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. And yeah. especially the fact that Disney was so, like, like cautious about Nightmare Before Christmas, and then now they're like, oh, yeah, like, you know, Merry Christmas, everyone, it's ours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is there any other property from Touchstone that's, like, as successful as The Nightmare Before Christmas? Like, for Disney? Yeah. Like, a, um, a crossover, basically? Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is probably the second one. Yeah. That I'd say. Because that one you see in the theme parks and stuff, just like Nightmare. Other than that, there's nothing I can think of that... Is, has really cemented itself into, like, the Disney empire. It's like, what is it about The Nightmare Before Christmas that just makes such a big impact? Okay, so let's begin with diving into our main discussion. Let's begin with some facts about the film. Facts, man! So, um, despite popular belief, the movie was not directed by Tim Burton. A lot of people assume it is. And when other films use the tagline from the director The Nightmare Before Christmas... People assume it's Tim Burton, but it's not. Henry Selleck directed this film. He's uh, the man who directed 
such films as Coraline, and that's all I can think of off the top of my head. And Tim Burton was, like, the producer, and he was kind of, like, the genius behind it. This was, like, his baby. Like, he came up with this whole Mm -hmm. concept. So the film was released as Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas on October 29th, 1993 in the United States. Um, It had a budget of $18 million, and it made $90.5 million. And it was critically acclaimed. I think it was generally... Um, received with positive response when it was first released, and then after that, it kind of grew into this yeah. much bigger thing. Yes, and it was released by Touchstone Pictures. Uh, I think we need to go into one of the main things about this film. I think that makes it stand out is just its style and its yeah. its whole vibe. So stop motion yeah. animation. That kind of animation is so impactful. It completely changes the way a story is interpreted. And, you know, it is... Like, when you think of, you know, the creepy ones, like, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas, Coraline, James and the Giant Peach, those scare you because they have all these scary elements and they move in a way that's just so, like... It's like the CGI before CGI... And it, like, was kind of broken, you know? It's like... <laughs> CGI was just, like, a little bit less. <laughs> and and then, like, other ones I think of are, like, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, those ones. But, like, those ones don't scare me. I mean, the yeah. Yeti and Rudolph kind of scared me. But other oh, than the that... Bumble. Yeah. <laughs> he was so scary. Yeah. I think it's so fascinating to see people create stop motion animation and like what you have to do for it the frame by frame like yeah like that you have to be a patient person it's crazy like how much time it takes yeah and not only that you're like hand sculpting everything yeah you're making your sets like it's that's crazy yeah it um it's funny because i have like a bias to it just because like stop motion for some reason kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies even Rudolph, like, it kind of freaks me out. Like, I have to be in, like, a certain mind frame to watch Rudolph. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just like, no, I can't. Um, but, like, I do recognize, like, how much time is put into it and how, like, beautiful it can be mm-hmm. um, at some times. I have such an appreciation for it because the way that these these objects and characters are moving, it's... It just has such a, a different... You're receiving it in, like, a completely different way. Like, you know, as if it were to be drawn or CGI'd. It's just... just I don't even know how to explain it. Just... I guess, you know, just the creepiness of it, it kind of... It almost draws you in more. Because it's like... It's like you can't look away. And, and the lighting is, like, like real-life lighting. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's... Yeah, yeah like, it's like the, it's like a very weird mix of, like, animation and real life, you know? And you, like, kind of don't know how to, like, separate the two. Yeah. What always gets me, too, is when they do um, any, like, effects work in stop-motion animation, whether that be water or smoke or clouds or anything like that. Yeah. Um, It's just, like, I love seeing how they do that. It's, It's really cool. And what, what's interesting is that if this film was released by Disney proper, like by um, like Disney feature animation, yeah, it would have been the first Disney feature animated film done in stop motion. Disney which, doesn't have any. No, they only have CGI and uh, an animation. Do you think they would ever tip into 
I don't think so because I think stop motion is not lucrative, unfortunately. Yeah. Like Leica, which is the studio that has brought us like Coraline and Paranorman, has just been like their numbers have just been declining, which really sucks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it really sucks because like they have some of the best animation out there. Yeah. um, And their stories are great. But yeah, I just, I think Disney executives are looking at that number and they're like, we're not doing this. Like, yeah. we're not even doing 2D. Like, yeah. Because, like, sad. it's just the effort that ha- would have to go into it yeah. to not see that return. Can you imagine, like, you know how we had Rapunzel, like, the first computer animated princess? Imagine yeah. the first, like, stop motion princess. Oh, my goodness. Uh, how would they fit her into the lineup? <laughs> right? <laughs> um. Yeah, so let's go into the, the plot a little bit. Okay. So... The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's your mix. It's your holiday movie. It was, um, what's that movie called? It's the Guardians. What's it called? Guardians of... Rise of the Guardians. Rise of the Guardians before it existed. It was the OG, let's play with the holidays, let's play with the seasons and like see what happens, you know? And I find it hilarious that, you know, they created a pumpkin king for Halloween. Because, like, what does Halloween have? Yeah, that's true. eh? It's, like, their version of Santa Claus. Yeah. I guess it's, like, they kind of took the concept of, like, a jack-o'-lantern. They're, like, let's make a pumpkin king. I find it kind of funny that he's a skeleton, skeleton, though. Yeah. And he's the pumpkin king? I don't know. Why don't they just make him a pumpkin? I mean... Like a pumpkin head. Merchandise? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Pumpkin heads wouldn't sell. (laughs) Hot Topic didn't want that. No. <laughs> they literally have pop figures like with like, you know, Jack, Jack and Snowman, Jack with yeah. pumpkin head, Jack as Santa Claus. Oh like my it's gosh. crazy. Yeah. And then yeah, they were able to sprinkle in a little bit of Christmas. Now, I find it really funny, like the concept that they the way that they that they mesh all these worlds are through these doors. And you know, between each door is a new holiday. There was like Thanksgiving. <laughs> the turkey Thanksgiving door. land. <laughs> I want to go there. They're eating good every night. <laughs> what do you think about these doors? Like, like how does it how does it work? Because he's like in Halloween Town, but he can just open the door to any other land. And it's like, how does how do the doors work in every other? holiday land yeah when they like (laughs) when they showed like the trees in the circle in that forest at the beginning and then we went into the halloween door i was like oh so like this is like our hub you know yeah like it's like you're in a video game and like these are different like levels or like worlds (laughs) that you play like you know on mario how they have like the different there's like the winter world and like the beach world yeah it's like that then yeah like you're saying Jack's just like walking off into the abyss of Halloween Town in the forest, and then he ends up at the doors. Like, what? are they all actually like connected, or are they their own realms? Like, that's I'm like the only way for for it to logically make sense. You know, assuming that they didn't make a mistake and this was a plot hole, I'm thinking that there has to be like different like hubs in each world where all of these doors are like different portals i guess oh so there's like one that's in like the christmas like 
candy cane floor. Yeah, maybe? and they all have four different doors, or how many exist. But, there, but I saw the door for Halloween Town. He came out of Halloween Town? I guess, yeah. Like, that's what it, yeah. <laughs> like, it's weird. Like, like, if what you're saying, there was every holiday door but Halloween Town when he was in the forest. Yeah. That would make sense. And then, like, you know, in Christmas Town, there'd be every door but the Christmas door. But no, there were, like, all the doors. Oh, so then he probably walked out of the Halloween Town door then. No, no. He, like, walked up to the, the trees in the clearing. He, like, walked up to where they're okay, in the Okay, wait. So maybe... Maybe that those doors are, like, their head office. <laughs> so just, like, transports or like their, you back. Or, like, their downtown or something. And there's... Yeah, and if he goes through that Halloween door, it just brings him back. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. It's confusing. It is confusing. Oh, man. Imagine if we could just walk into other lands like that i'm just really curious what thanksgiving town looks like they're eating like i just want to know what the vibe is there's probably turkeys oh my god turkeys and like pilgrims and like yeah and there would be like what easter town yeah what did the saint patrick's day town (laughs) yeah isn't there wasn't there a four-leaf clover yeah there was a clover like what are they just like leprechauns (laughs) probably well, we would have known in the sequel, but, you know, never got made. Thanks, Tim Burton. Yeah. I think that was literally the concept <laughs> for the sequel, though, is that they were going to check out, like, the other doors. Yeah. Which would make sense. The Nightmare Before Thanksgiving. Oh, my God. Imagine. Coming to a theater near you. He's going to... They're going to do all of those? <laughs> oh, my God. Jack just wants to take over every other world. Speaking of Jack, let's get into some of the characters. So, Jack Skellington. He is our... Pumpkin King. <laughs> I like don't know how I feel about them. I kind of don't know how I feel about any of these characters. It's like you don't like them, but you don't dislike them either. Yeah, they're not necessarily like it's hard because they're like from a Halloween town where like they're dead and everything. Yeah. So like you never know if they're acting in malice or if they're just like mean people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't know where their ethics lie. Yeah, I think Jack is really fascinating because, you know, he goes into, he's having, basically, he's like having a midlife crisis and he's like, I can't do this Halloween town shit anymore. It's been too many years. I need to do something new. So, you know, he ventures over, hops into Christmas land and realizes he wants to bring Christmas back to Halloween town. And I find it so funny that when he's telling everybody about Christmas land or about Christmas, like what, what he wants to do, like he's, he's like, Oh, like, no, like we're going to wrap presents to give for fun. And, you know, we're going to be nice to each other and we're going to be jolly and blah, blah, blah. And he's like kind of being like mean to other people to get them to enjoy Christmas, you know, like, He's, it's funny because he's like acting the way a Halloween character would, but he's trying to enforce the values of Christmas, which is like a total contradiction. That's my confusion with it too, because it's like when I was watching it, I thought the way the plot was going to go is that he was like, no, you're doing it wrong. Like you're making everything scary. It has to be whatever. But like when he delivers the Christmas presents, it's literally like, christmas like the concept of christmas but applied to halloween yeah like he's like okay well like we'll give gifts but we'll give like halloween gifts <laughs> and like you know what i mean so it's like it didn't really seem like he wanted i don't know it just 
I feel like if he really wanted to do Christmas, you would have done Christmas. Honestly, I just feel like he wanted to switch something up in his life. <laughs> yeah, he needed something new. This is actually a very simple plot. There yeah. is not not a lot of stakes, not not a lot to drive the plot. We're kind of just watching Jack go through his midlife crisis, yeah. which I'm honestly okay with. I don't need an entirely intricate plot because stop motion animation, especially with this concept, is enough for my brain to be ingesting. Yeah. Coraline, that was too much. Yeah. That was way too much. That was overload. This is great. This is fine for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think they did a good job. It was it, like, it, it was very simple, but sometimes less is more, you know? Yeah. And like, you don't need a super complex character arc. I think, yeah, I, I definitely don't know how to feel about Jack because I feel like I don't really know Jack very well. Yeah. I don't feel like I know any of the characters really well. Yeah. But they're also like, he kind of serves his purpose. He's, you know. Yeah. But giant skeleton guy yeah his look is iconic for sure and then sally 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 sally's okay. scary yeah sally tried to kill dr finkelstein like, like 10 times yeah <laughs> it just kept going and why is he still accepting food from her that's my yeah. question <laughs> like haven't you learned your lesson her character made me the most uncomfortable She's just like, she's not even, she's not even scary. She's just really creepy. Like creepiness comes from her. She's like kind of watching Jack and what is she? She's a doll, right? But like, I was getting Frankenstein vibes just because like her like creator or whatever, like he's he's a mad scientist. You said she was a doll. Well, I think she's Frankenstein, but she's also kind of like a doll. Well, I don't know. Like a combo? Wait, let's see. Let's find out exactly what she is. She's a ragdoll monster. So yeah, she's like a doll, but she's also like a Frankenstein Okay. Thing. And like, you know, we got a little taste of her plot that like she wants to escape and go out into the world and I don't know, just doesn't want to hang on. I don't know. She doesn't really want anything besides just to like leave. And then yeah. when she does leave, she like goes back. Yeah, they didn't really explore that well. And I didn't know if, like, she and Jack knew each other prior, like, if they're, like, a thing prior to the film starting. Or if, because it seems like he knows her. Or, I don't know, because, like, yeah, she's very infatuated with him. But I'm like, are you, like, seeing him? Or do you, like, have you never spoken to him before? If you're a Nightmare Before Christmas stan, please inform us. Please let us us know. Although she is voiced by Catherine O'Hara and... We stand a Canadian queen, so... We stand, of course, always. Also the mother from Home Alone and Home Alone 2. Her song's very sad. <laughs> Just yeah. like the instrumentation. I know that's the point, but I kind of liked how everything was in, like, minor. Mm-hmm. Also her creator, Dr. Finkelstein, I don't know how I felt about him either. <laughs> like, I, like, I don't think I liked anybody. Except Oogie Boogie. We'll get to him. But... Dr. Finkelstein. First of all, what is he, a duck? Yeah. Like a thing? A duck You know thing? what it reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of Alice in Wonderland, where you have all of these side characters that you meet that are, like, these colorful characters that yeah. you enjoy watching, but it's not like you have, like, any, like, um, like connection with them, you know? Yeah. Like, just, you like, don't, entertaining like... while they're on screen. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Even, like, the villain is very much, like, a villain, but, like, they're just being, like, bad to be bad, you know? Like, he's just being bad because he's the boogeyman. That's what he does. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have, like, some serious, like, vendetta against Jack. Yeah, it's just in his nature to be bad. Yeah. Yeah. He even his he's an interesting character. Like his design, what is he like a sack? Mm-hmm. A burlap sack. Of bugs. Of bugs. That's so nasty. Yeah. We've get we're getting so many different interpretations of the boogeyman. Like yeah, <laughs> imaginary honestly. friend gone wild. Boogie like person. boogie. P- <laughs> <laughs> boogie person. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. So his song, his song slapped. Yeah. Boogie boogie, do your thing. Oh, his death is probably one of the most like gruesome Disney deaths ever. Oh my goodness! And it's like they animated every frame of that. Just the fact that they've animated all of this, Oogie Boogie must have been a pain to animate. Yeah, entirely. Like, but I definitely love that whole. Is it the dark light, blue light? Yeah, like I like the whole blue light vibe. Yeah, of the song that was really cool, and that's like that's that's a very memorable moment from the film, I think. Definitely, just because it's so visually striking from everything else. It stuck in out an already, the most. Like, yeah, stylized. Lock, shock, and barrel. Are those his kids? Okay, I. <laughs> this is furthering our point of I don't know how I feel about. They're like bad. And they're, okay, first of all, they're super creepy. But yeah. I'm like, do they work for Oogie Boogie? And, like, why did Jack trust them when he's like, I don't want you? Like, that was really dumb, Oh, Jack. they probably just work for him. He was like, I don't want you telling Oogie Boogie. And they're like, oh, we won't. <laughs> like, it's yeah. so obviously I don't remember will. who it was, but someone said, like, oh, like, those are Boogie's boys. And I literally thought, like, those are his kids. <laughs> like. That's what I was thinking. I was like, why is he a sack? And he gave birth to like, (laughs) or not gave birth, but helped, you know. No, yeah. I think they just work for him. Yeah, okay. See what the Disney wiki has to say. And they're idiots. Yeah. They were instructed to get Sandy Claws and they got the Easter Bunny. Yeah. Check the name tag, guys. First, at first, I thought that was, like, part of their plan or something. But, like, no, that was just, like, a plot point that they were, like, ah, shit. Yeah. We messed <laughs> up. Yeah, they're his henchmen. Just really creepy. And then with the whole masks and then the whole whispering to themselves. Yeah. Like, spooky. They really drove home the point of creepiness. Yeah. With this film. Yeah, they really did. Category is creepy. <laughs> I'll take creepy for 500, Alex. Literally. Let's talk about the music a little bit. Yeah. So this movie is a musical. I don't know why. So it's been a while since I've seen it. And I just do not remember it being a musical. Really? I don't at all. I know it had music, but I I did not know that Jack loved to sing like that. <laughs> yeah. Like 90% of the music is him. I totally forgot. Like, when we started watching it and then the song came on, like, the first song, I was like, whatever. But then when it went right into the second one, I was like, oh, right, this is a musical. Yeah. Totally forgot. Slipped my mind. Yeah. It's, like, not even just a movie with music, but it's a true musical. Like, yeah, the vast majority of the movie is song. And... I I was kind of thinking about all watching it. I was like, this is giving me Broadway vibes. Mm-hmm. The way the movie, uh, uh, yeah, the way the movie and the story is being told is the way it would be told on a Broadway stage. Yeah. 
Which, you know, makes sense because I learned that they made all the music before they did the script. That's really interesting, actually. That's, yeah. That, they don't usually do that. That doesn't... That's not really how things go, you know? So they, like, built a movie around the song. Yeah. What did you think about the songs, like, themselves? So, you know, they, they aren't anything, like, amazing... Um, nothing that I would download, nothing that I'm going to go back and like, you know, bop on, bop on my phone like that. But I, I still appreciate them. They're very much Broadway songs in the sense where they, they help tell the story. I felt that was more so listening to the music to listen to the story as opposed to, you know, looking for a song to listen to. But then, you know, there were a couple songs that really got me going and I was like, all right, I can bop a little bit, a little bit. They definitely like work in the context of the film for me, but not so much outside. But some of them are pretty catchy. Like, what's this? What's this? There's magic everywhere. What's this? Yeah. Why do you think this movie became such a cult classic? (sighs) That is such a good question. It has to be a matter of, of right, right place, right time. Mm-hmm. Um, or no, not even right place, right time. Cause it, it, cause it did well and it came out, but then, you know, there was more of a resurgence as of more recent years. And like, I don't, I don't even know. Like, I guess creepy is just the vibe nowadays. Yeah. I like, I don't even know why it, why it sticks so, so closely to the nightmare before Christmas. I think I might know why. Okay. So I remember, because I was thinking, I remember when I was like a kid in like elementary school and I remember there's randomly like people talking about Nightmare Before Christmas. Like it was like a thing. And so that always led me to think Nightmare Before Christmas like came out whenever that was, you know? Um, But actually what happened is Disney reissued Nightmare Before Christmas in a 3D format in 2006. So I think that might have something to do with it. It was always kind of like a hit. But I remember like kids talking about it, like people went to the theater to see this. Um, And I think that that timing kind of perfectly aligns with the whole like, you know, like. Yeah. Like I'll say that's when when Right Place, Right Time came in. Yeah. In that sense. Yeah. That was definitely what the vibe was at that time. Like you said, the pop rock, the emo the dark kind of e-girl e-boy kind of vibe that's when it was kind of beginning and growing so i totally see that being a property that they grabbed onto and they were like okay (laughs) you come with me let's make hot topic yeah um the other interesting thing too night before christmas every year it's has a huge presence in the disney theme parks for halloween it's become a halloween staple for disney and then also Christmas time, we always get the Haunted Mansion Christmas overlay. So they change it every single year at Disneyland to be Nightmare Before Christmas themed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's huge. That's yeah. crazy. And like they do that to like, it's such like a classic ride. And yet um, when they do the theme, like people, like it's so hard to make changes to Disney rides. And... Oh, wait, no. I was going to say it's hard to make changes to Disney rides and not have people complain, but people complain about those. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's a huge thing. So they essentially have an attraction. Yeah. Know, a seasonal attraction. Yeah, they do. I think it's interesting, though, that there were plans for them to have, like, 
a year-round attraction Mm -hmm. um, that just kind of went poof in the air. You know, they had, I read that they had sketches and a layout, but it just didn't come to fruition. So I guess they just didn't see the value in creating a whole new attraction for the Nightmare Before Christmas, especially given that they've got the seasonal one. Yeah. What kind of ride were they planning? I don't, there was no details. I mean, I kind of, I can see why it might make sense because I think Night Before Christmas, since it is a Halloween film, Halloween slash Christmas film, really that's like the only time it kind of comes out, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of, you don't really see a lot of guests wanting to do like a Halloween themed ride 24-7. Although some people love holidays and would gladly do so. Yeah. So in terms of sequels, they're... Were plans for a sequel. Disney really wanted to make one. Tim Burton said no. Yeah. <laughs> Stop that nonsense. <laughs> Which good for him. Yeah. You know, artistic integrity. Yeah. Hard to find. These it days. was meant to be a standalone film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it would have been weird too because they wanted to do it in CG. Um, which, I mean, like, I will say, I think the characters, to me personally, look a lot, like, more appealing when they're, like, hand-drawn renders. Yeah. Um, but that's just me, you know? But it would be weird seeing them in, like, CG, and I don't know. Are there any, like, visuals of what they would have looked like? Um, very oh. Hotel Transylvania. I was just about to say, it gives me Hotel Transylvania vibes. That looks like something Disney would put out. Yeah. So would that have been put out under the Disney name? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so then that that being said, they're probably really never going to do. That almost confirms that they're not going to do stop motion animation if they took a stop motion franchise and totally flipped it. No. Yeah. The thing is, I think honestly, you can animate CGI to look like stop motion. Like you've seen Lego movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, but that's not the same. I know, but I think Disney would do that over anything. Like yeah. If they had to do a stop motion or if they wanted to look a little bit different, yeah. they might change the style a bit more, um, but I don't think they'd fully go to stop motion. Yeah. So, Brayden, what are your overall thoughts on the film? How do you feel today after we had watched last night? Um, my final thoughts would probably be, I think it was good. Um, I don't think it was horrible by any means. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I, it's not something, it's not my cup of tea. So it's not something that I would turn on and rewatch. That's just me though. And, and usually that's the way I am with seasonal things like Night Before Christmas. I'll watch it probably next Halloween. Um, I definitely think it's a Halloween movie. Um, yeah. More than a Christmas movie. But yeah, like I think if someone tells me this is like their favorite Disney movie, <laughs> I should stop. I'm going to get myself in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just, I think it was a good movie. Like I think I had fun um, looking at it. Like visually, I think it's really interesting to look at. Um, but in terms of like a film itself, it's, it's nothing really stands out to me. Um, I think it's good. Um, I'd probably give it a, what do we rate out of? 10. I'd probably give it like a, like a six and a half out of 10 or like a six out of 10 or something oh, like that. Wow. Like it's like good, like it's not bad, but yeah. What about you? Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. You know, it was a very interesting experience and 
although it didn't make that much sense to me, I still enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, stop motion is something that I always find really interesting to look at. It's creepy, but, you know, I kind of like that about it. And I, I appreciate that about it. And I thought it was kind of interesting that they use this way to kind of introduce us into a new world. And, you know, all the different characters and stuff that you meet, like, you know, none of it makes sense, but it does. It's, it's kind of like Alice in Wonderland. It all, nothing makes sense, mm-hmm. but then it does. And, you know, while I'm not in a rush to go turn it on again tomorrow, like, I'll watch it again next Halloween. Because honestly speaking, it's such a mind trip that I don't even really remember what happened in the film. I was literally saying to Brayden before, I was like, what happened at the end again? Because like, you know, I even watched it. The last time I watched this was two or three years ago. And like I said, I completely forgot that it was a musical. Like that knowledge shouldn't have disappeared after three years. But I feel like the movie just kind of like takes over your brain for a second and then it's gone, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? So I think just the fact that it has that effect is kind of interesting. It was a bit of an impression. I don't think it's a phenomenal movie, but I would definitely rate it higher than six. I'd rate it like an eight. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it today for our take on The Nightmare Before Christmas. We really hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as we did talking about it. Please be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Spotify, Facebook, Facebook. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram. And if you would like to share your thoughts on today's episode and topic, please shoot us an email at spillandistpodcast. Okay, spillandistpodcast at gmail <laughs> at gmail And please be sure to rate us and leave us a review. It really helps us out and share it with all your family and friends. Um, and fellow Disney fanatics. You can reach us individually, me at Sakura MJ. You can reach me at Brayden Rosman. Thanks for tuning in, and until next time, play, play South Zach. Zach.